Today's guest believes in the importance of exercising soul, body, and spirit. He is a fitness coach with a mission to help people transform into a better version of themselves through training and education. I'd argue that this is especially true for leaders because if we are not our best, or at least working to be our best, how can we demand the best from other people? I hope you enjoy the conversation today. Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Cantu, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. What's up, everybody? God bless you, and welcome to another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Ryan Cantu. This is the show that brings you leadership tips from ministry leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who have been where you are and people who are uh, where you are wanting to go. Uh, So we bring them in for interviews and we pick their brain and get some insight from them. Today's guest actually reached out um, after listening to an episode from Grant Botma. You can check that out. That's actually the episode before this one. And um, he had some ideas, some topics of discussion. He kind of introduced himself. So I scheduled a call with him. And um, here we are having the show. So if again, if you are ever interested on being on the show and you feel like you have something um, to offer to our audience and um, some inspiring tips that you can leave them with, please reach out to me. That's John Ryan at leadingpodcast.com. John Ryan at leadingpodcast.com. That's John with an H, the right way. So, all right, without any further ado, we're going to get into today's uh, conversation. All right, Calvin, what's up, man? It's good to have you on the show today. What's up, John? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure to uh, to talk to you. We talked a little bit on the phone yesterday before we did this um, this podcast, just to kind of uh, you know see what you're see what you're about and and see what you're doing. And it sounds like you're doing some some pretty cool stuff, some inspirational stuff. And those are the types of things that we look for on the show. Uh, and so I, I appreciate you reaching out. I, I do want to ask how did you find how did you find the show? Um, you, you mentioned I think you were listening to one of I think it was Grant Botma's show. Was that right? Yeah. That's okay. the episode I was listening to. It was actually sent over to me um, from a friend. And he's like, hey, you should listen to this one. And I listened to it. It was pretty good. I liked it. Well, awesome, man. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And uh, for the listeners who haven't heard that one, that one is the episode right before this one with Grant Botma. So, Calvin, you're in California. Is that right? Yeah, Southern California. I've lived, I've lived here pretty much my whole life. I got California in my bro- in my blood. Nice. Okay. Well, cool, man. Uh, I'm excited for today's topic. You know, it's a little bit different than uh, I think anything else that we've had on the show. Um, so before we get too deep, uh, why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of background as to who you are and uh, what you're currently doing, stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm Calvin. I'm from Southern California. Uh, I work in the fitness industry and I've been self-employed in the fitness industry Pretty much my whole time in here with just small bouts of working for a few gyms. But um, my day-to-day, I do basically three things. So the first thing I do is I train uh, in-person clients, like personal training, uh, in my garage gym downstairs, actually. Oh, okay. And then the next thing I do is uh, I do online coaching. So kind of like the same thing, except it's remote. So I can work with anyone uh, around the world and basically... We just take them through a program that's custom training and custom nutrition, and they go through it, and it's pretty much the same thing, except I'm not there with them. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I do is I like to educate, so I like to write a lot of science-based articles on my own website and other fitness websites. Okay. So in-person personal training, uh, remote training, which actually I'm a product of. I lost about 40 pounds a couple years ago to... Uh, to a program similar to that, and education on your website. How long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing this for about five years now, yeah. So that's kind of long for the fitness industry just because most people in this industry usually quit within the first year. About uh, half of the industry changes profession every year. Really? Any any idea as to why that is? Uh, Yeah, it's because it's really hard, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times people join for the wrong reasons. So they usually join because they think it's like really fun and they get to live at the gym and, you know, work out for a living. But it's a lot of work. You put in 
uh, even till this day, I put in lots of hours every day for no return, pretty much mm. just putting content out, reaching out to people, uh, working with people, just doing your best in the industry. But yeah. that's the reason why people usually will uh, join for the wrong reasons. And then they realize that <laughs> they're not making as much as they'd like and they're <laughs> in it for the money, not really to help people. And then they usually gotcha. quit. Yeah, that, that's got to be it's got to be one of those very, very competitive industries. I mean, I mean, there's. There's a lot of people doing, uh, you know, what, what you're doing, and I think the ones that stand out um, are the ones that kind of push through uh, for 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 a while, and they can, you know, build their audience base. And you know, I was looking over your your profiles, um, you know, when you when you reached out, and you've you have a pretty good following, um, which I'm, I'm sure kind of helps, you know, especially if you're doing online coaching and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. It's it's real competitive, especially. Uh, in this day and age where like, you know, you go on Instagram and everybody wants to be a fitness coach. Everybody wants to be an online coach. You can see, you can see anybody, you know, they go to the gym for a few days or they have abs and <laughs> they call themselves a coach without an experience. Uh-huh. So it's really hard for the consumer to tell who's legit and who's not. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so th- there's a lot that I want to kind of um, talk about here. And, you know, we, we have our, we have the, our notes and we have a good amount of points of discussion here. But um, before we get into that, can you just talk a little bit about your, your upbringing, you know, maybe your, your Christian upbringing? Um, because I, I love that we're able to, you know, bring in people who are, you know, they might not be like in, in church ministry um, or anything like that, but they're, they're working for the, for themselves or kind of have that entrepreneurial uh, mindset and um, but I, I'm curious to kind of know, you know, how your Christian upbringing um, had anything to do with uh, where you are today or, or, or wanting to get into the fitness industry. I don't know if the two are related in any way. Yeah, for sure, man. So I actually didn't grow up a Christian. Um, I didn't even really know what I was until I guess towards the end of high school. That's okay. when I became a Christian. And ultimately, you're, you're right. Um, there's a lot of different ways to ministers out, to minister, do ministry out there. And I still do some ministry for my church, but ultimately, this is my main thing. Like, my mission in life is to bring the truth about fitness, because there's a lot of really bad information out there mm-hmm. um, coming from both uh, non-Christians and Christians. So I kind of want to be the Christian guy who does this right, because... There's not many of us, if I'm being honest. Really? Okay. I'm, that, yeah. That, that, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the key points of discussion um, that that we'll get into. And so, you know, you've been you've been in business and um, entrepreneurship. I, I would say pretty much your, I guess your your whole adult life. Uh, that's kind of the vibe that I get from you after talking to you. And uh, yeah, I've I've kind of found myself in that position as well. Other than being a pastor. You know, I do work for my church, um, but I've always kind of found satisfaction and and drive and, and kind of working for myself. And and um, the motive behind that might be different for for different people. But I'm I'm curious what what kind of drives that entrepreneurial spirit? Why not just you know stick to uh, working for a gym or or working somewhere that you know is going to bring you a little bit more security? So uh, can you just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, that's a good question, John. Um, Ultimately, it comes back down to the impact of the consumer. So when you work at a gym, there's a lot of rules. Um, When you work for anybody, there's going to be constraints and limitations. So even though you might get a little bit more security, you might get, you know, dental insurance, health insurance, Mm -hmm. all that good stuff, whatnot. Um, I I don't, I don't think it's worth it. It's not, it goes really against my character. Um, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. And it allows you to help the end consumer more because you can control more things. You can give out more free sessions. You can extend times longer. You can be flexible towards the client, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, ultimately, yeah, it's to help the end consumer more by yeah. exact, by, at your expense. But it'll be worth it in the end. Yeah. yeah well, um, kind of kind of to push back a little bit more there, what, what advice, if, if there's any vi- advice that you would give to someone who's saying, man, you know, I really, I kind of, I have that same motivation to, to go out and work for myself and kind of create my own path or whatever. Um, there's, there's definitely pros and, and there's 
definitely cons, right? There's there's a good there's a good side to it, and then there's an ugly side to it. Um, yeah. What would you what would you tell yeah. someone who's maybe kind of in your shoes or wanting to step into your your shoes and do uh, do something on their own? Yeah. Um, so you talked about motivation a lot, which is which is interesting because I think um, I don't think that separates enough people from the pack. So I think many 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 people are very motivated and they want to be an entrepreneur, they want to do their own thing. But I think um, even beyond an entrepreneurial spirit, I think you need um, entrepreneurial effort, which I don't think a lot of people have. Hmm. So my recommendation for those people would be to, for lack of a better word, to stop trying to like feel motivated, stop trying to look for ideas and just start doing, just start putting in the work. Hmm. That's good. Entrepreneurial effort. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people like the idea of of being an entrepreneur and, and kind of owning their own business and kind of doing their own own thing. Um, because you, when we, we when we te- when we think about things, we tend to romanticize everything, right? <laughs> Especially if you are an entrepreneur, because if you're an entrepreneur, um, a lot of times you you kind of have you have this vision for your life or for your future and you're, you're kind of dreaming big and, and it's really hard to kind of get your head, you know, up in the clouds and you're just thinking, Oh man, I'm going to be able to create my own schedule. I'll be able to make, you know, uh, X amount of money. I mean, the sky is, is the limit. And then we don't really think about, <laughs> we don't even, th- we don't really think about the ugly, you know, what if, <laughs> what if no one likes what I'm putting out there? What if it takes me years to, to, to find, you know, even a little bit of success, um, and, and so I think it's that, you know, that, that kind of launching part where a lot of people kind of give up. I don't know if you've, and you've talked about that um, as well in your industry. I, I think that might have a lot to do with it, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to tie this in with Christ really fast because I think this is going to apply very well. Um, a lot of people, they talk about like passion a lot, like you're saying, like passion and motivation. Um, but like you said, once you put in the work, you realize it's really hard. And once you put in the sacrifice, you realize it's really hard. So usually a follow-up question that people will ask is like similar to yours. It's like, well, how do I keep going? Or like, how do I deal with all these things? And um, I wish there was a sexier answer than this. Mm-hmm. But really, if, if Christ sustains you, if you are a Christian, if you are bought by the blood, if you have the very best thing possible then there's no roadblock in your business that should ruin your day or should cause you to give up. And That's so good. I would challenge people, if they find themselves discouraged, then they need to reflect and ask themselves, um, what are they doing this for? Are they doing it for likes and you know instant gratification? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to do this regardless of the return? Because for me personally, I think I've gotten this far, even though it's not super far compared to you know, some people in the industry. Um, I think anyone in business that gets far as a Christian is because they're, they're willing to do and continue to do regardless of the return. And so if I'm still, you know, I'm not doing, you know, absolutely amazing, but if I was making, you know, quarters, like when I first started, then I would still keep going with the same effort. And I think people really need to, need to reflect on that. Yeah, that's a really great point. You know, the, the, the scary thing about ambition is that it can very easily become a person's idol. And, you know, for the Christian who wants to represent Christ, who wants to bring the glory to God in whatever it is that they do, they have to be careful not to lose that foundation that is Christ. Because the moment that foundation begins getting loosened and we start planning ourselves in other places because we crave success, we end up, you know, losing our identity as... uh, well, as children of God. So we have to really be careful uh, not to lose that foundation and always remember, you know, the most important thing in our lives. So a uh, really good point, uh, Calvin, um, and a great reminder as well. So there, there was a couple of points that you presented uh, in your email that I want to kind of get to. Um, one of them is, is uh, you said you want to kind of discuss a little bit of how Christians, uh, Christian entrepreneurs can do a better job as, as leaders um, and as businessmen and, and women. And this might tie in uh, to a little bit of what you were saying, but uh, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, coming from a Christian perspective, I think a lot of leaders and businessmen 
um, and business women. The, the big thing that they could do a better job at is defining success. So I think we waver, we get discouraged, we compromise, and ultimately we give up and we don't put as much effort as we should. Ultimately, because we have a different definition of success than God does. If you read the Bible, God's definition of success is, um, I guess, not very specific. We think it's very specific, and usually we tie it to um, like money and numbers and metrics. But God's definition of success is simply faithfulness. It's doing what's according to His will. And so if you are serving people, if you are doing what you know, you originally claimed was your passion, you should be able to, you should be able to put in the work regardless of the return. And sometimes I think we, we put in work dependent on the return. So if we get a lot back, we'll work harder. But in reality, I don't think Christ defines success the same way some of us might in our heads. That's very true. And I think we're, we've all been guilty of that. Um, for sure. At at some point in our life, you know, I definitely have, and sometimes I let I let these uh, these motivators, which in in our culture here in America, it, it, we're we're very we're very driven by success and instant gratification. You said that earlier. Uh, even if we're not we're, we're even if we're not successful, we want to we want to uh, present a, a successful lifestyle to to everyone, right? Uh, via social media, um, by by the cars that we drive, um, sometimes we get into things that we can't even afford. But because we want to look like we're successful, we that's the way that we we define it. And when something like that in that area, money uh, lets us down. Uh, when we didn't get that job that we wanted, uh, when we didn't close on that deal like we thought we were going to do, then that translates to, man, I'm not successful or I wasn't successful in this area. But it's so true that God defines success completely different than the way that we do. Uh, We might set a monetary value to it, um, but God, I mean, I don't think God's concerned with that at all. Um, And it's very very important for entrepreneurs to to realize that. Um, Like you, you said it, you said it earlier, faithfulness is, I think is a key factor for um, for success in our relationship with God, if we are faithful to Him, no matter what's going on in our lives, I mean, we're going to continue moving, moving forward. Um, and, and and so that's a really really good point that you make there. I was uh, reminded of of the verse. I think it's Colossians three twenty three or something. It says, "Whatever you do, work heart heartily as unto the Lord, and not for man." Right. And that's something that we have to. I mean, whether that be in ministry, whether that be in the fitness industry, whether that be whatever it is that you're doing, work wholeheartedly um, like you're doing it uh, in a way that, that that's going to glorify God, right? So that's uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add to that. I kind of hijacked your your point there. My bad. <laughs> no, no, that was really good, man. I, I got I got nothing to add to that. That was that's spot on. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so. Um, another point that you had brought up, um, and, and uh, you might have some, some biblical perspective on this as well, um, why Christians need to exercise um, both their physical and spiritual health. And I think, I think there's an obvious answer there for the spiritual health, uh, but I'm curious as to, your, um, as to that first point, that you're, you're the, why, why is it so important for us to exercise our physical health? Gotcha. Well, I think the Bible makes it really clear that uh, both are intertwined. So man is comprised of a soul, a spirit, and uh, a body, so physical health. Um, And anytime one of those suffer, the other two will suffer a little bit along with it. And anytime one of those thrives, the other two will be brought up a little bit with it. So for example... Um, if your spirit suffers, um, let's say your spirit is dead, let's say uh, you don't know Christ, you've never come into contact with God, then um, your soul and your body is going to suffer to an extent. Um, We even have research on this, that uh, generally speaking, people who go to church four times a week, um, they can't isolate it to a certain mechanism. There's a lot of um, theories which are very plausible, but people who go to church 
uh, four times a month, so every Sunday, generally live four to 14 years longer, regardless of other factors. Um, and then really? if, let's say, your soul, so let's say your mind is you know, hurt, your mental health isn't great, that's going to affect both your body and your spirit as well. And then finally, if your body, if your physical body, your physical health and strength and fitness um, isn't where it needs to be, your soul and your spirit is going to be compromised. And I'm sure many Christians feel this when they don't get a good night's uh, rest, if they haven't exercised in a while, if they eat junk for like mm-hmm. weeks mm-hmm. on end, their, yeah. their ministry their spirit, their connection with God is not as good. And so ultimately, um, it's really hard to separate the three because they're really connected. And so if you want to maximize your relationship with God, you have to have good physical health. Yeah. And, and so you said, okay, three, three, three points there. You said uh, a spirit, you said uh, mind and body, right? Uh, spirit, soul, and body. S- soul but and body. the mind okay. is right. part of the soul. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. I'm writing all this stuff down here. Um, all right, so, so I've, I've, you know, I've been, um, I wouldn't call myself a gym rat, but <laughs> I've, I've, uh, always felt the need to take care of myself, um, physically and I've, I've always had ups and downs. Um, my biggest, I guess, down was, uh, about four years ago, we, uh, we we had our, our little girl, our first our firstborn, and I just I stopped I stopped going to the gym, and I I did not stop eating, um, and so, I, the, and the reason for this was because you know she's she's a, a brand new baby. We're figuring stuff out as parents. There's a lot of things that we don't know how to do, and she's. She's waking up in the middle of the night, so I'm not I'm not getting good rest. So like I I, I don't have any energy to go to the gym, um, and then I I have plenty of energy to eat, right? Uh, and and uh, and so I'm just I'm I'm kind of I'm not I'm not where I need to be mentally and thus physically, right? And so I I ended up I ended up gaining about uh, forty pounds. And, and then I, I lost it and we can kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, but I, I completely understand what you're saying because how, whenever one of these is off, it kind of, it's kind of like you have to borrow from the other, um, to, to kind of recoup. And, and so when I wasn't, when I wasn't there physically, my, my, my mood, I mean, you can tell my wife, you can ask my wife, like my mood was just, it was different. I was always like, Oh, like I don't, I didn't have any energy to do anything. I was, and, and I, I, I hated that. I didn't like, I couldn't fit into some of my clothes and, but I was determined. I was like, oh, I'm going to lose this weight eventually. So I'm not going to buy new clothes. If I buy new clothes and that's all over. Right. <laughs> um, and, but, but, it, it really and it affected me mentally as well because you know you you would you would get you would get up and you wouldn't have as much energy and then you'd be so hard on yourself because you're 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 not where you you know that you could be um, and so I definitely see the uh, the, uh, the connection the connection yeah the connection between all these three I think they're really really important so what do you what do you tell people your your clients when they go in and uh, maybe they're not there. I don't know. Maybe they're not there mentally because a lot of times people go into the gym and they're not there mentally. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, there's some times where I'm so focused on what I have to do in the week. I'll go to the gym. I'm not even focused on my workout. And so I end up leaving because mentally I should be at the gym. I should be focused on, you know, get, getting after it. Right. Um, so what, mm-hmm. h- how do you kind of motivate people in that, in that regard? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my goal is to generally not motivate people. I know that sounds very contradicting really? to okay. what a lot of personal trainers will tell you, but um, I always feel a trainer's job isn't to give you motivation because motivation is going to disappear. My job is to build discipline in you. So whether or not um, whether or not you feel good or not, you'll get what you need to get done done. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So for someone like that, um, a very easy way to um, fix that is to simply get them on a structured plan and hold them accountable to it. So 
they could feel, you know, like garbage. But if we walk in the gym and we have a structured plan, we have records for them to hit, and they hit those records, they're going to feel a lot better, even though they originally didn't feel that great. And on top of that, simply just holding them accountable is really important, saying like, hey, you know, not every workout is going to be great, but I'm glad you showed up, and just keeping them consistent because it's all about the long run. Um, usually you have to get their heads away from, you know, how they're feeling right now in the short term and have them look at the long-term goal. Yeah. So that that's really interesting because um, when I decided to, to get back into the gym, I, I actually went with an online coach. Um Someone that uh, someone again on Instagram, man. Instagram does does wonders for for a lot of people, right? Especially in this industry. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I I had followed this this uh, one fitness guy, and you know he he offers these um, these plans where you know he'll he'll coach you remotely. Um, and so I told my wife, I'm I'm gonna do this, um, not because I didn't know what I needed to do. I I've I, I had been in the gym. I've I've had periods where I ate right and I, I was I was good. So I I knew how to get back to where I needed to be. I just I needed that accountability. I needed someone and <laughs> I always I always tell my wife like stop being okay with the way I look and I know that's kind of in- <laughs> counterintuitive to how it should be, <laughs> but like she, she'll tell me sometimes like ah, I like I like the I like the way that you look. Like if I'm if I and if I'm like I'm I'm like I'm not happy with the way that I I look right now. She's like, ah, it's okay. You're you're fine. You don't need to go to the gym. Uh, and I'm like, I don't I don't need that. I need someone to, you know, kind of uh, push me and also keep me accountable. Um, and so I signed up for this this program, and that's that's all it was. I mean, there was nothing that he was telling me that I didn't already know. But I had to check in with him every um, every couple of weeks. You know, send him mm-hmm. you know send him progress reports and stuff like that. And, um, that kept me disciplined. That kept me motivated because I, I had that accountability. There was someone else that was going to, um, kind of look at my results to see if I hit them or not. Um, so I think that is, that is really, really important. Yeah, for sure, man. For me, uh, I actually have a lot of my clients check in very frequently. Most of them check in every single day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We take accountability very seriously. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's important, and I think it's in not just in not just in the you know the fitness world, but everywhere. I mean, people people need accountability. Um, if you're bad with your if you're bad with your money, you might need your spouse to keep you accountable. You know, you might need someone to to kind of check 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 you on on like the budget and what you're spending. I mean, um, it could be someone at at church, like maybe you're struggling with something, some type of addiction. Maybe you need to tell someone so that they can check in with you every now and then. And, uh, accountability is just, you know, we're we're wired in a way that that um, we want to be there for each other, and we want people there for us as well, right? And so, in this, in in the fitness in the fitness world, I think that that goes um, that that goes the, the same as well. Um, so. Yeah, that, that's that's a really that's a really good one. Uh, so you keep them accountable, right? Um, what else? Uh, what is what is your what does your plan generally look like? If someone comes into you uh, for the very first time, um, what do you what do you kind of tell them? Um, well, generally speaking, all, all of my all of my programs are personalized, so they're all customized towards the individual client. So some people might work better with a certain style and some might work better with a different one. Um, But I guess to answer your question, the goal is to always get them consistent. So um, if I feel someone might work with a structured program better than a loose one, I'll go with that. Um, To touch on nutrition, some people like tracking calories. Some people uh, do better without tracking any numbers. And so my goal is to figure out what their sort of um, preference and personality type is, and then to create a plan that's doable enough to be consistent. So I know uh, um, my brand is all about science. So um, my company is awesomefitnessscience.com. And I love the science and everything. I love finding out what's the very best way to do things. But in the real world application, mm. I hardly ever do um, what's most optimal scientifically. I generally do I generally take the science 
and dumb it down towards the client so they can be consistent. Because I can give someone the most scientific plan ever for workout and nutrition, but if it's too hard to stick to, they're not going to be consistent with it. They're not going to get any results. So I guess to answer your question, when a client comes to me, my goal is to customize everything so they can be as consistent as possible. Hmm. That's, that's, um, that's a good point. You, you, you mentioned uh, you, do a, like a, you run a personality test. I, I've found that very helpful um, in a lot of leadership applications because not everyone is the same. Not everyone expo- uh, responds to the same type of uh, motivation. Um, or leadership, and obviously, you know, when you're leading like a, a mass, a, ma- a massive amount of people, you can't run personality checks on every single person. But, but when you kind of have that luxury to work some with someone one on one, it's it's very helpful to to understand them and how they learn and what motivates them and and what's going to be the most optimal um, method for for their learning. So that's that's a that's a really good uh, thing that you do there. Uh, so I really want to get to this point here because um, um, I was intrigued when you when you wrote it. You said there's a lot of things that we believe about exercise and nutrition that is completely wrong. And so I'm definitely curious as to what those are um, and, and how we can kind of correct our, our uh, mentality on some of those things. Nice. Let's start with... Uh... Let's start with nutrition, because I think that might be the bigger issue. Um, So one big thing in nutrition, and this is like, this is even, I'm surprised this is even backed by scripture. I was able to find a scripture the other day. Um, It's in Proverbs chapter 23, uh, verse 20. But essentially something that we believe that's not necessarily true is that we think there are good foods and bad foods. Like if you look on the internet, like every single food is considered bad somewhere. You know what I mean? Like red meat, coffee, Mm -hmm. dairy, gluten, uh, processed foods. You know, the list goes on and on. Yes. Um, But believe it or not, there is no food that's inherently bad. Um, Most of the time, it comes down to uh, overall diet. And so if you eat a diet filled with, you know, garbage foods, just purely garbage foods, then that's not a healthy diet. But the food itself can easily be incorporated and can even have benefits um, if you apply it correctly uh, within a balanced diet. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I never know what what's good, what's bad. I mean, like if you if you if you Google like is red meat bad, you're gonna have different people saying different things. Like, yeah, it, it's bad. Like if you eat too much, but oh no, it's actually good for you. And so like. I don't know what to believe. So I just, I, I love red meat. I mean, I love me a, a medium rare <laughs> steak. Um, yeah, I try not to eat it like all the time, but um, but it, it seems like when there's answers, we, we obviously go to Google, right? And, and, and there's just so, there's just so much uh, different opinion out there. I think a lot of people don't know, you know, who to believe or what to believe. So they just, you know, keep on living their lives. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's kind of where the, the science comes in. That's why um, it's really important to look at coaches who are based on science, look at coaches who can explain to you where they got this information from, because a lot of times people will, will, just, say, will just say things that aren't necessarily true. They'll even say research backs it up, but if you ask them, can you show me the research, they can't find it because it doesn't exist. Hmm. So, like, if you look at all of my articles, I cite all of the research because I'm not afraid if someone asks me, hey, how'd you come up to that conclusion? Or where did you come up with this idea that's so counterculture? It's all all the literature is there. All the data is there for you. Okay. So, (laughs) since since I have you on the phone now, let me ask you, um, is red meat bad? (laughs) Um, So, all these answers are always really nuanced, but generally speaking... Um, no, inherently, there's no food that's bad, okay. um, assuming your lifestyle and your uh, total intake is on point. Like, right, I gotcha. Okay, cool. My wife is going to love this 
Yeah. <laughs> I love meat too. I love she, steak medium rare. Well, well, she <laughs> her thing is Dr Pepper. She loves Dr Pepper, and she of course she tries to limit it. Um, but um, she, yeah, she's gonna she's gonna hear this and be like, see, I'm I'm gonna go give me a Dr Pepper right now. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that she can drink like you know thirty thousand cans a day and be okay. But the food, is, the item itself, can easily be incorporated if you know how. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's that's one. Um, what else? You have you have any uh, more? Let's go to exercise. Okay. Okay. For exercise, um, this is one that people commonly believe um, is that. Cardio is necessary for uh, weight loss. Uh, in reality, uh, cardio plays a very, very small role for weight loss. In fact, most people would get way, way, way better results in a number of markers if they did strength training instead of cardio. Mm-hmm. Cardio has um, some benefits too, but they pale in comparison to strength training. Yeah, yeah. I think I've actually uh, found... Uh, pretty good consensus on on that point. Um, I, I mean, I've definitely heard, you know, I've definitely heard the cardio is is necessary. Um, but I, I think when it comes down to to what the type of results I'm looking for, uh, I, I I don't even really do cardio. Um, now, is is this? Uh, would you tell someone? Well, I guess what are the benefits of cardio? I guess that's my question. Yeah. Good question. So there's, I believe there's four somewhat main relevant benefits to cardio, um, but you'd be surprised. They generally don't apply to the average person. Like if you, um, this is not to say you shouldn't do cardio. You'll, you'll see in, the, in my reasons um, in a sec, but I just wanted to let people know that uh, it's very suboptimal uh, use of your time if you're trying to get really good results. Um, for example, if you look at my website on the, the testimonials, most of my clients do very little to no cardio to get those results. Um, and so cardio pretty much only has four main benefits. The first is uh, cardiovascular health. So cardio is obviously good for heart health. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, though, strength training comes very close to it. So strength training is also really good for your heart, okay. believe it or not. You might feel like you're training your muscles, but your heart is getting a really good workout um, when you lift weights as well. Um, but if you really want to maximize on that, then you should include some cardio. The next is for endurance adaptation. Mm-hmm. So what that means is cardio um, is obviously going to be needed if you need a lot of endurance. For example, if you play like a sport, like if you run a marathon or if you play soccer, play basketball, stuff that has a lot of endurance, you're going to need to do cardio. But this, this is different than people, you know, than, you know, let's say a ministry leader who just wants to lose, you know, 20 pounds of fat, gain five pounds of muscle, you know, have good health, have good fitness. That person would probably be, uh, should be spending their time doing more strength training because uh, the cardio isn't going to build their uh, metabolism and their muscle mm-hmm. the same way that strength training would. So and then the, okay, go ahead. real quick before you get to the next point. Uh, so if I am, um, Let's say someone doesn't do cardio and they're like, I don't know, playing playing a game of basketball or something, and they they're they're, they're quickly winded, and they're thinking in their mind, man, I'm I'm out of shape. Is it is it really that they're out of shape, or is really they just haven't really, um, I guess, uh, I, I, I worked out like that that endurance <laughs> that endurance muscle? Yeah, it, it depends on what they did before. But most likely, it's just because their endurance is lacking. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then the, the other two points I was going to get to um, that cardio might have some benefits is the third one is uh, extra energy expenditure, which, uh, believe it or not, doesn't apply to a lot of people. So both cardio and strength training, exercise in general, doesn't burn a lot of calories. So let's say someone's trying to lose weight. They have to... Uh, eat less calories uh, than they burn over a consistent period of time. Mm-hmm. And to create that, it's called a caloric deficit. To create a caloric deficit, if you try to do cardio or strength training to try to create a really big deficit, you're fighting a losing battle. It's just really hard to. So um, as long as your nutrition is on point, you'll, 
you'll create a deficit to lose weight. That's why cardio becomes pretty irrelevant considering all the other benefits of strength training. Um, but I did say it has, it does burn a little bit more than strength training. And this applies to um, very advanced people. So maybe people competing in a show where they have to be on a very low calorie diet. They're at that extreme level, um, including cardio makes sense for them um, at a physiological level. And then the last point, which is um, kind of, you know, just for everybody is if you enjoy cardio, you, sh- you can still do it. I- there's still enjoyment benefits to it. Um, the point I was, people think when I say strength training is better, that my recommendation is not to do cardio. My recommendation is just to do what's best and what you enjoy most. So if you simply enjoy it, you can do cardio, but um, just know that it's not going to magically help you too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and so does, does cardio, I mean, I've, I, I think I know the answer, but does cardio also kind of contribute to um, strength loss, like muscle, muscle loss? Ooh, good question. Um, generally speaking, if, uh, if your ratios are correct, then it won't contribute to muscle loss. So let's say if you are strength training, let's say like four days a week and you do cardio three days a week, then you're not going to lose any muscle because uh, the strength training is going to be building or retaining all the muscle for you. And you're not doing an excessive amount of cardio to where you'll lose muscle. Hmm. Um, and that, that's also assuming your diet is on point. So if you eat like, you know, if you eat like a rabbit, you eat like 300 calories a day, it doesn't matter what you do. You're going to lose muscle anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but before, I, before I move on to uh, another point, I did want to point out though, so while, while cardio doesn't cause muscle loss in, in relevant situations, cardio does have an interference effect, which is why um, I'm reluctant to include it unless someone really enjoys it or really needs it for very specific benefits. So the interference effect, is, um, is basically when you do strength training and cardio in the same program, so it doesn't have to be on the same day, but if you do it, let's say you do uh, strength training uh, today and then cardio tomorrow or strength training today and then cardio after, whatever, if you include cardio with your strength training uh, throughout the course of a program, you will gain less strength training benefits compared to someone who mm-hmm. only does purely strength training. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. So definitely. let's say someone's goal is to build mm-hmm. as much muscle and strength as possible. It would not be a smart idea to include cardio because the gains they make would be less than someone who only focuses on uh, strength and muscle building. Yes, I got you. Understood. Okay, so I'm doing that right. <laughs> that was kind of a sw- uh, <laughs> selfish a selfish question when I asked about cardio. Um, no worries. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Uh, so that was, I, I think, think two. You talked about um, nutrition. Uh, you also talked about, you know, the cardio exercise. I don't know if you have any other ones that you want to point to. Um, yeah, here's, here's kind of one. I guess this is a selfish rant for me is that I'm tired of seeing, uh, uh, I wrote an article on this too, is I'm tired of seeing these combination exercises. So, um, they have very specific uses, um, in very rare situations, but in general, people need to stop doing combination exercises. And by combination, I mean, combining two movement patterns that don't go together as one exercise. So something like, like doing a squat, then a shoulder press with the same dumbbells or, mm-hmm. or rowing with a cable and then doing a lunge with it or curling with dumbbells and then, uh, doing a lunge. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Those are very, very poor exercise selection choices. Like, um, I, I can come up with a number of reasons for them, but one of the main ones is that, um, the two movement patterns will have different loading. So the weight you use will always be too heavy for one pattern, always be too light for the other pattern. So you, you're trying to kill, people are doing it because they're trying to kill, they're trying to kill two stones with one bird, mm-hmm. but in the end, you kill nothing. You, you get nothing done. <laughs> okay. That's good. To, that's good to know. Now that, that's not, that's not necessarily the same thing as like uh, supersetting, right? No. Supersetting is fine. Okay. Where you do one movement pattern for a whole set, then right. you switch to another movement pattern. No, what I was talking about is where you do like, if you do like a squat, 
and then you do a curl and then back sure. to squat to curl. Yeah. Right. Right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. So, so where did, where did you get all this information from? Like, where, where did you learn all this for, for some people that, that might be listening and you know, they, they might be like, well, I don't know. Some of them might be like, no, that, that's, that's not true. Or, or they might not agree. Or they might say, well, this article said this, um, I guess what, what kind of, what kind of, other than you being a personal trainer, uh, what uh, what can you say like to all the information that you give on your website? Good question. Um, I think this applies a lot with the Christian faith. So there's always there's always there's levels of evidence, right? So there's going to be different levels of evidence. As Christians, we do the same thing. So as Christians, if we want to know if something's right, if we use the evidence of well, my pastor said it. That's not great evidence. But mm-hmm. if we use the evidence of, hey, the Bible says it, that's our objective standard. Sure. And so in fitness and nutrition, um, people can say, oh, well, I read an article or I watched this documentary on it or whatever, or my coworker Karen told me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, how you decide what's correct and what's not correct is you go to the objective source. And so you go to what does the science and the data say and how, do, how does that apply to real world applications. And so, you know, the internet's going to be filled with junk all the time. So um, I only read articles that are by people I trust who cite uh, data. But in general, if you want to find good information, you have to look up studies. And studies are not fun to look up because they don't have, you know, cute pictures, you know, they don't have links to stuff you can buy. They don't have like cool videos. They're just data points. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I, I do want to ask you another question, you know, just to kind of tie this into our uh, our, our leadership um, theme. Uh, there's a lot of people, and, you know, leaders or not, but I would say especially people that are, are in leadership, uh, maybe they're managers, maybe they own a business, maybe they, you know, they, they run some type of organization. Those are the people that tend to be very, very busy. And so because of that, sometimes they say, well, I, I, don't, I don't have time to go exercise. I don't have time to count calories or to watch what I'm eating. I mean, sometimes I just, I'm on the go and the nearest, you know, McDonald's is going to have to do. Um, what advice would you give? Like if you could, if you can just have, you know, one minute or two to tell them something, um, what would you tell someone who says, Hey, Calvin, I just don't, I just don't have time, man. Yeah. My advice would be, um, well, that's not my advice, but this is my um, perspective first is that everyone has time. Um, it's just a matter of their, their priorities. Right. But assuming this person's face to face with me and I'd be a lot more compassionate if that was a scenario, <laughs> um, I would be more than likely to tell them to, to do what they can to start with. So you might not have time to go on, you know, a decent program, which really doesn't take much time anyways. Um, but you should start where you can. So if that means um, if that means you can do a 20, 20 minute workout at home and eat a piece of broccoli with your McDonald's every day, that is better than where you currently are at. And so I guess my suggestion would be to do what you can. And you'd be surprised um, how much you can actually do and how much you can start off with. And from my experience, the people who say, you know, they just don't have time, once they just are willing to start, they realize how little time it takes. Like a lot of my clients get fantastic results on just a few hours of working out each week and a little bit of uh, calorie tracking, which takes a few minutes a day, even though in most of our heads, it feels like it takes forever. Um, it really doesn't yeah. once you start and get used to it. Yeah. I, I think that's the best way to get started in anything. So many people don't get started because they don't know how to get started. They don't know where to start. And it's so overwhelming looking at this monumental task like, man, I, I want to develop these better habits, but I've never had them before, so I don't even know where to start. Making those small changes, I think, will eventually lead to, to bigger and better changes. Uh, the best way to um, run a marathon is is by taking a step at a time, right? So I, I think that that's the way that we should treat this. And and look, this stuff is really important. Um, I don't want I don't want to, you know, just die prematurely. I mean, excuse the... Uh, the directness here, but I don't want to die from a heart attack before my time because I simply didn't take care of myself. Um, and so I think everything that we talked about today, 
is very important. I think it should be taken seriously, especially for leaders who live very, very stressed lives. And, um, you know, stress is, is, is a contributor to, you know, not so good health. <laughs> so I think um, just making a little bit of time every day to exercise, to, to be more healthy, it's going to go a long way. For sure, man. Everything you just said was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Calvin, it, it was, it's been good talking to you, man. I, I, know, um, I know you have an appointment here um, at the close of the hour, so uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and start wrapping up. But uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell our listeners, if they want to get a hold of you, how can they get into contact with you? Uh, so my, uh, my contact info, everything is just Awesome Fitness Science. So website is awesomefitnessscience.com, Instagram, Awesome Fitness Science, and YouTube, Awesome Fitness Science. All right. Awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Calvin, it's uh, it's been a, a pleasure, man, and very, very insightful. Uh, like I said, you know, the, the, the focus was, was, was very different today, but I think it's very, very helpful, very necessary um, for anyone in, I mean, anyone, period, um, but especially for those in leadership, because, man, leadership can be stressful sometimes. And um, if there's anything that I learned, you know, just going to the gym for an hour, it kind of alleviates a lot of stress, <laughs> and um, it it takes it takes my mind off of of things that you know I've got going on, and I can just kind of focus on on uh, you know my physical wellness. So I think it's very important everything that we talked about today, and I want to say thank you for all your insight and, and everything that you're doing for people. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up, and uh, I wish you, you know, a great day, a great Thanksgiving. Uh, this is Thanksgiving week. Uh, by the time that this episode airs, it'll be after Thanksgiving. But um, happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you, John. All right, man. Well, we'll have to do this again sometime in the future. In the meantime, see you later, Sounds man. Good. Have a good day, man. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. All right, that was my interview with Calvin Wynn. Uh, once again, if you are interested in being on the show or if you have someone that you would like to suggest, send me an email at johnryan at leadingpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's content, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, rate and review the podcast. That really helps me out and I really appreciate it. All right, guys, be blessed and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.